Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, 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 before we dive into today's podcast episode, I wanted to let you know that I wrote a book. Yes, a real life actual book that will be available in stores and online on March 23rd, 2021. It's called The Gift of Self-Love, and it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. You can pre-order the book now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and it'll be delivered to you on March 23rd, which is the official publication date. So depending on where you order from, it should arrive somewhere around that time. I have been working on this book for over a year, compiling everything that I've learned and everything I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is that this book is a combination of not only me sharing my journey, but also it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So there are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, go pre-order it now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. And by pre-ordering, you'll also get free access to my next online retreat. So this is my way of saying thank you so much for your early support on this book. And I can't wait to see you, hang out with you, and do a workshop together at my next online retreat. So you can find all the pre-order links to order the book and all the information for the online retreat at maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools that I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, maryscupoftea.com slash book. Go pre-order it today and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hi, everyone. What's up? What's crack-a-lacking? Clearly, I had a little bit of caffeine today, (laughs) and that is because I had an entire day filled with back-to-back podcast interviews, and I just need a little bit pick-me-up, but y'all know I only drink decaf coffee, and when I have actual caffeine, I am like, woo! So that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) I am excited for this episode. It's a solo episode, which I haven't done for a couple of weeks, but before I dive into our topic today, which is five questions to ask yourself for more self-love. You know, I am obsessed with questions. These are questions that you can journal about or simply think about and ponder. Before all of that, I want to tell you about my new nickname for you. I was thinking about this for so long. I don't know if you listened to my interview with my friend Beth Ruffin, but Beth is a diversity, equity, and inclusion coach And she was talking to us about how important it is to just be as inclusive as possible and gender neutral. And I really wanted to like find a term to call you that is gender neutral and inclusive, um, but that's not like super gendered. I guess that's the definition of gender neutral. So I just repeated myself. Anyways, (laughs) here is what I came up with. Self-lovers. How do you like that? Do we like it? Is it going to stick? Like every day I come on here and I'm like, hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. How does that sound? 
Do we like it? Okay. Be honest with me. Let me know on the Instagram at Mary's Podcast. And tell me if you like self-lovers. I feel like it's a cool play on words because it's like we're lovers, but like we're self-lovers. Ooh, I know. Creative. (laughs) Um, But without further ado, I wanted to dive into today's episode, which is called Five Questions to Ask Yourself for More Self-Love. And this is something that just hit me randomly yesterday. And I realized that it deserved its own specific episode because as you know, if you've listened to either my solo episodes, but more especially my interviews, I am quite obsessed with questions. Not necessarily asking other people questions, but asking yourself questions. And the reason why I love asking myself questions so much is because questions open up the door to possibility. Right? When you ask yourself a question and your brain is forced to come up with an answer to that question, you start thinking up things that you never thought were possible. And in the same way, if you ask yourself questions that are not supportive of self love or your healing journey, then they will actually close that door to possibility. So, for example, if you're always asking yourself, like, why do I always mess up? Why am I always failing? Or, ugh, I just, why me kind of things? then you will close off that door to possibility. And so the trick is to make question asking, make asking yourself question, get in the habit, that's what I'm trying to say, get in the habit of asking yourself powerful questions in order to step into more self-love and ultimately the person that you want to be, which is somebody who I assume is confident and empowered and empowering and somebody who just sees, feels, and thinks more positively about themselves, and thus you're able to create, make your dreams come true, for lack of better words. So, so let's just jump right into it. The first question that came to me when I thought about what are things that have helped me the most? And here's one that is pretty basic, but I think has a lot of room to explore. Who would I be if their opinion didn't exist? And I say, who would I be? Because I love thinking in terms of states of being. So instead of saying like, what would I do? It's more like, who would I be? But essentially, you can use them interchangeably. So what would I do? Who would I be? How would I act? Like, what decision would I make right now if their opinion didn't exist? And the reason why I thought about this is because I have been thinking about getting either my nose pierced or getting a new tattoo, like adding to my sleeve. And for a while, I put it off partially because, I don't know, nothing really called me to get a tattoo quite yet. But the bigger part of me was really worried about what other people would think. And in particular, one person in my life, um, which is my boyfriend's mom. And my boyfriend's family is pretty conservative and they're just really traditional and there's nothing wrong with that. But I was just a little bit nervous to, you know, walk into Shabbat dinner with a facial piercing or a new tattoo if she would have noticed. And I thought about this for so long because I think there has to be like, some kind of, like, I'm definitely not the type of person, and maybe I will be soon, but I'm not yet. I'm not of the mindset that's like, fuck it, fuck everyone, do whatever you want. Like, yeah, in some ways, fuck everyone, do whatever you want. But in other ways, I think that's a lot easier said than done. And I think that if you are close to people and close to your family and, um, 
you know, you kind of have to recognize that you're going to have to face consequences of the choices you make. And I don't mean consequences like getting a tattoo is a inherently a bad idea. I'm just saying that I had to mentally prepare myself for hearing comments about my potential tattoo or facial piercing. So anyways, all of that to say, it took me a really long time. And I think when you start thinking about, oh, what are they going to think about me? We confuse other people's opinion or their potential opinion with our own opinion. So the lines become blurred and you're kind of like, okay, well, do I not want a tattoo or am I just afraid to get one? Or um, do I not want to start this business because of personal reasons or am I afraid of what other people think about me? And so that's where it gets tricky because you start like confusing your true self because other people's opinions tend to cloud it. And so the question that you have to like constantly repeat to yourself in your mind is who would I be if their opinion didn't exist? And again, it's difficult to answer because I don't necessarily know still on the nose piercing. I know this is such a petty example, but seriously, I don't know if I want a nose piercing. A part of me does and a part of me doesn't, but at least we're trying to eliminate that fear of other people's opinions factor. Do you know what I mean? So I am still pondering that. It is a question that I am currently asking myself in my life in many different areas, but you know, a very tangible example is this piercing tattoo thing. So we'll see how that goes. But I think it's really important to just keep asking yourself like, who am I? And what would I do? Who would I be? What decision would I make if their opinion wasn't something to consider? If it was just not important to you, then what decision would you make? Question number two, what is the best that could happen if I go for it? This one is more of a thought experiment. So basically, we're always like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? (laughs) Right? And think about what that does. So I just recently got certified in neuro-linguistic programming. And neuro-linguistic programming is all about how language shapes our reality because it fires certain neurons in our brain. And thus, we start seeing things in the way that we ultimately speak them because the way you speak about things are the way we think about things. And so they taught us in the course, like when somebody says thank you for something, like when somebody thanks you for something, don't say no problem or no worries because you're putting the focus and attention on problem and worries. Instead, it's more powerful to just say you're welcome. And so we say a lot of these types of things in passing and we don't realize the impact that they're having. But think about how often when we're giving advice, we tell people, oh, what's the worst that can happen, right? And again, that puts the energy and focus and attention on worst, worst case scenario. So even though we're saying it with like positive intentions, like trying to motivate someone or ourselves to do something, it kind of has the adverse effect subconsciously. So let's rephrase that and start asking ourselves, what is the best that could happen if I go for it? What's possible here? What is like, like literally the best thing ever? A really simple example is like with my book. I am like so terrified that y'all are going to get my book and hate it. (laughs) That's like my worst case scenario that everybody hates my book. Everybody hates Mary. It doesn't help anybody. Nobody buys it. Nobody looks at it. Nobody does any exercises and it just tanks and I feel like a failure. But when I start thinking about that, I ask myself, okay, well, 
We've got that out of the way. Now, what is the best that could happen? Maybe my book becomes a bestseller. Maybe it helps thousands of people. Maybe a million people buy the book. Like, what could that happen? And of course, the my first instinct is like, um, that is crazy. That would never happen. But I think we need to at least kind of push ourselves in that direction to start just getting a, a mindset of a little bit more optimism, a little bit more possibility. I know that's a word that I've repeated like eight times in the first 10 minutes of this podcast, but just stepping into that possibility. So what is the best that could happen if you choose to go for it? And start just dreaming that. Let yourself dream. Back when I was uh, recovering from my eating disorder, I wrote a blog post actually. It was like one of my only blog posts because I didn't write blogs that much. But this was a long blog post that I wrote and it was called like tools for healing from my eating disorder or something. And I went really in depth into it. And especially at the time, like spirituality helped me so much in my eating disorder recovery. And if you are a warrior or you're in recovery, um, I highly recommend listening to the podcast episode with Jessica Flint. It came out about a month ago and it's called Eating Disorder Recovery with Jessica Flint. But the the beauty about Jessica and just her her message and how it's evolved is that she brings in a lot of spirituality into the healing journey. And if you're a warrior, I am assuming for a lot of you um, that played a big part in healing, like you know, reading, searching, seeking. I feel like this is why I would never take back my journey for the world because it let me explore so much within myself and so many esoteric like out there abstract concept of concepts about the world in general and like what's beyond the physical and like more into the metaphysical. So anyways, I'm going off here, but what was I saying? Um, yeah, highly recommend listening to that podcast episode and I lost my train of thought. Ah, okay. I literally had to pause the recording and think about it. I got it. I was telling you about the blog post that I wrote when I was in recovery and then I recommended the podcast episode with Jessica Flint. And the reason why I was on that tangent is because spirituality was a big part of my recovery, yes. But also there was one thing that I shared and I had like a few paragraphs on this, a big thing that helped me in recovery. It was, I think I called it, allow yourself to dream. And the reason why I wrote about that as a tool for eating disorder recovery is because when we are struggling with mental health or any kind of mental illness or just having a hard time, right? We tend to just kind of put ourselves in this box and cut off all the strings of possibility, right? We're like, oh, well, I feel like shit now and I'm never going to get better and life is shit and it will never be better. And so we get really like stuck in that, like we can't see the end. And a lot of people, I think, give advice like, you know, be realistic and um, one step at a time. And yeah, that's so great. And maybe in some areas, we should just take it one day at a time and have realistic goals and just try to achieve small things. And at the same time, I also want to encourage you to dream, to be optimistic, to to think about the wildest, coolest 
thing, life scenario that could happen and just just let yourself like be in that even if it's just in your mind, like experience it in your head. And over time, the more you experience that in your head, the more it's going to feel like it's coming to life or at the very least you will see some more possibility. So what is the best that could happen if you go for it? Ask yourself that. Question number three. This is a great one. How can I create more meaning in my life? And I italicize, emphasize, capitalize meaning because I think that a lot of people think that the goal, the purpose of life is to be happy. If you ask an average person and you'll say, what do you want out of life? And people are like, I just want to be happy. Like, I just want to be happy. And that is great. I love that. Love being happy. Happiness is, is awesome. And I want you to be happy. And please don't misinterpret this. But I think that sometimes when we have this abstract goal of being happy, it becomes another thing that we feel like we're failing at when we're not happy. Right. So think about it. Like if you're if if you're struggling at all, ever, if you're struggling with self-love or just anything, and you're like, oh, I wish I could just be happy about this. But then you're not, suddenly like there's this gap. And that gap is like, well, I want to be happy, but I'm not happy. And we start beating ourselves up about that gap because be happy is this like abstract, unspecific kind of state of being that is totally great when you feel it, but when you don't, it can be pretty debilitating because of the expectation and the pressure that like we have to be happy. So something that has helped me the most, and I don't remember where I got this, but I started exploring this concept maybe about three years ago, and it has changed my life for the better. And that is like start searching for meaning instead of happiness. So instead of like being like, oh, what's going to make me happy? And I want to be happy and happy, happy, happy. Instead, ask yourself, what's going to bring some more meaning into my life? And meaning allows so much more room for fulfillment because suddenly it's it's not shallow. It's not abstract. It's not like so out there and it doesn't feel like you're failing at it, but you can just start creating a little bit more meaning right now. It's something that's just very tangible and very close. And I think that, you know, the purpose of life isn't necessarily to be happy all the time. The most successful people that I talk to and the people that I admire, at least, like, they're not like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm happy all the time. (laughs) They're like, no, I have a purpose. This brings me meaning. I love my family. I love hanging out with my family because it's it's about that meaning, the, the connection aspect, right? Like feeling really connected, not just to people, but to whatever you're doing and for the bigger purpose of it. So how can you create more meaning in your life, whether that's small or big? How can you add that in? This could be like honing in and finding more alignment and something you're already doing, like maybe adjusting your approach a little bit. This could be starting something totally new, like maybe a hobby or a passion project or a business. And this is something that I had to ask myself a lot, especially amidst pandemic and social unrest and everything, is that everything felt redundant and mundane. Like all the big events, (laughs) the big catastrophic events were happening like outside, right? Like in the news and farther away. But like day to day in my house, it just felt like 
I was hopeless and everything was boring. I was doing the same thing every day and I wake up, have coffee, go to my office. And I'm so grateful for the job flexibility that I have. But being at home for a long time will do that to anybody, I think. And especially I'm like a very extroverted person and I used to really enjoy working out of cafes. And, you know, I was also writing my book and I wrote the first half of my book at like the local coffee shop. And then the second half of my book, I had to bust it out right here where I'm sitting now. And it was definitely a little bit of a mind fuck just because, yeah, I just get more energy when I'm out and about. So instead of like trying to be like, okay, I'm going to be happy about this (laughs) weird situation that we're in, I just started asking myself, like, how can I create more meaning in the situation that I'm in? Like, what can you do to to look forward to something or something that's just going to add some more purpose and, and fulfillment? And now we have to be intentional about creating more of that. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. It could be something as simple as sitting on the porch and drinking coffee with your partner. I say the porch like we're old people. (laughs) I mean, if you have a porch, sit on it. But boyfriend and I started, you know, drinking our coffee outside some days or on the couch instead of like, you know, running out, not running out, but running to our office with our coffee or even having at breakfast, like something that's just more um, grounding and connecting, like even small things like that can bring meaning. So Try looking for some more meaning and not putting so much pressure on yourself to be happy all the time because I don't think that that is necessarily supportive. So next question, question number four out of five. Ah, This is a good one. This is a good one, especially for my perfectionistic type A high performers, overachievers out there (laughs) who also tend to maybe overthink things and make things more complicated than it should be. And then we start getting overwhelmed with our to-do list. And clearly I am inside your head because I am you, because this is me. And this is the question that has been saving me from that frantic mindset. So the question is, if this was easy, what would it look like? If this was easy, what would it look like? This one is great for fighting stress and overwhelm. And it the the reason why it works so well is because it gets you into the mindset of seeking solutions, right? Rather than creating problems, suddenly it's like, okay, well, my purpose is to make this easy. So what would that look like? It reminds me of Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, I had Melissa Griffin on the podcast, who is my business coach. Um, I'm a part of her business mastermind program, and I had her on the podcast maybe last week, actually. I don't know when this will be releasing. Last week, I had her on the podcast. So my interview with Melissa Griffin, we talked about like alignment and abundance, and um, that's just everything she is about as a business coach, and she's helped me create just much more talk about meaning, like so much more meaning in my business instead of just hustling and grinding for an extra dollar, you know? Um, so she posed a question in that interview and that interview is solid gold, whether you have your own business or not, I highly recommend you listen to it. But she said, her friend Susie, I believe said, which decision would feel like relief? And I think that's really powerful because when we think about it that way, we're, we're really listening to our bodies and connecting to our bodies, right? We're like, we're just tuning in and everybody knows the the sigh of relief. Like, you know what that feels like. If you just take a deep breath right now, 
Like what decision feels like that if you're stuck on something? And if this was easy, what would it look like? That's the question that I ask myself and have been asking myself for years. Question number five. This is so simple, um, so easy. And I wish, can we just normalize asking ourselves this every second of every day? What do I need most of right now? And this is actually something that I'm sure you've heard. Like, what do you need right now? Um, I think it, it is pretty normalized. But for me personally, I didn't really take it seriously until my therapist asked me and like demanded an answer. Like she literally said, Mary, what do you need the most right now? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, do you need to chill out on the couch and watch Netflix? Do you need a nap? Do you need a glass of wine? Do you need to go exercise? Go get some movement going? Do you need a kiss and a hug from your boyfriend? What do you need right now? And what I like about it is that the answer is always so simple. Sometimes we think that we need more money or the body of our dreams or a new car or a nicer house or something that's just like so big and so out of reach and this like goal that's so far away and that will make us happy. But in reality, we usually need something just a lot more simpler that is a lot more nurturing. And usually it comes from ourselves. You know, every so often it'll be like, I need a hug. I need human connection. And that's totally valid too. Um, But a lot of the times I would say half the time, what we need is like maybe more rest, more sleep. Do you need a walk? Do you need to disconnect from social media for a day? Do you need to drink some water? (laughs) If you're anything like me, I'm like, oh, let me finish this one last email and then I'll go to the bathroom and then I'll go get drink some water. And I end up holding my pee for hours on end. And that is not healthy. Don't do that. (laughs) But again, that is the life of like a very driven, creative person, I guess, where we're just trying to get stuff on our stuff from our to-do list and get it done. But we get really caught up in it and we just tend to disregard ourselves and not give ourselves what we need. Do you need to eat? If you need to eat, go eat right the fuck now, please please have a snack. Snacking is amazing. You must have a snack. Again, these are all things that are just so basic, so simple, basic human needs, but we, you know, deprive ourselves of them, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. Do you need to like veg out and rewatch Game of Thrones? (laughs) We just finished watching it the first time and maybe in a couple years from now, I will rewatch Game of Thrones. But do you need to like watch some TV and just zone out? That's not always a bad thing. Do you need to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with? Do you need to just put it off until tomorrow and let it go for today and just pretend it is not happening today? And then you can get back to it tomorrow. See, these are all things that we can give ourselves quite easily. And so I want to encourage and empower you to ask yourself, what do I need most right now? And go give it to yourself. So I hope you enjoyed this solo podcast episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um, I think it is going down as one of my favorites because it's just the asking questions mindset is something I've lived by for so long and I've never been able to articulate it, I feel like, until this very moment. So I hope these five questions, who would I be if their opinion didn't exist? What is the best that could happen if I go for it? 
how can I create more meaning in my life? If this was easy, what would it look like? And what do I need most of right now? I hope these five questions bring you some more peace and joy and lots and lots of self-love. Okay, I love you so much, my self-lovers, and I will talk to you next week. I wrote a book. Yes, a real life actual book that will be available in stores and online on March 23rd, 2021. It's called The Gift of Self-Love, and it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. You can pre-order the book now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and it'll be delivered to you on March 23rd, which is the official publication date. So depending on where you order from, it should arrive somewhere around that time. I have been working on this book for over a year, compiling everything that I've learned and everything I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is that this book is a combination of not only me sharing my journey, but also it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So there are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, go pre-order it now by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. And by pre-ordering, you'll also get free access to my next online retreat. So this is my way of saying thank you so much for your early support on this book. And I can't wait to see you, hang out with you, and do a workshop together at my next online retreat. So you can find all the pre-order links to order the book and all the information for the online retreat at maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools that I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, maryscupoftea.com slash book. Go pre-order it today and give yourself the gift of self-love.